0: We are officially back in business. It is September 2nd, 2021. I'm Dave Rubin. This is the Rubin Report direct message, and it is Thursday, so we will be doing a Rubin Report community Q&A. You guys sent in a whole slew of questions, a lot of off the grid stuff, a lot of what's it like to catch up with the world stuff, Afghanistan stuff, COVID stuff, Cuomo stuff, a lot of stuff and I'm prepared to talk about all of it. Uh, Just real quick before we start, I am gonna do one story on Larry Elder because Adam Carolla yesterday when he brought me back on the grid showed me this absolutely bananas, bonkers headline from the Los Angeles Times about Larry Elder being a white supremacist and the one thing that I did do while I was off the grid all month, I did only one thing that was related to any part of my public life or politics or anything else, was go to a dinner for Larry Elder. There was a fundraising dinner that I felt I should be at, I was invited to, and I was a sort of connector with a bunch of the people that were there to help Larry raise some funds and make some connections here in California. And it appears that I had, dinner with a black, white supremacist. So it's gonna be a bit of a mea culpa today, which, you know, since I've been back on the grid for about 24 hours, it seems like, you know, that's how the internet works. You've gotta have some sort of apology or retraction or mea culpa within your first 24 hours back on the grid. And then, yeah, I'm gonna tell you guys all about, a little bit more about some of the personal side of being off the grid. Uh, And I think as several of you have pointed out quite nicely in in some of the comments, uh, yeah, I'm feeling very refreshed and very ready to fight and ready to go and all that stuff. And unfortunately, the the country continues to burn, which, you know, I did announce the pre-sale of my book the day before I left. And maybe the title, Don't Burn This Country, was a little too on the nose. Maybe I kinda nailed that one a little bit too much. But before we get to any of that, guys, I wanna talk to you about relief ban. You know, is Biden's botched Afghanistan exit making you nauseous? I can tell you catching up on it in 24 hours, it's quite nauseating. Are you feeling queasy on your commute right now? All the trains, subways, and bumper-to-bumper traffic making you sick to your stomach? We've all experienced that horrible feeling, whether it's in the back seat of a car, staring at your phone maybe after one too many on a night out with friends, or even just from the anxiety of a long workday. Nausea can ruin a day, force us to change our plans, and in the most severe cases, it can make you unable to function. For those of you who can relate, I've got good news. You've gotta check out Relief Band. Relief Band is the number one FDA-cleared anti-nausea wristband that has been clinically proven to quickly relieve and effectively prevent nausea and vomiting associated with motion sickness, anxiety, migraines, hangovers, morning sickness, chemotherapy, and so much more. The product is 100% drug-free, non-drowsy, and provides all natural relief with zero side effects for as long as needed. How it works is relief band stimulates a nerve in the wrist that travels to the part of the brain that controls nausea. Then it blocks the signal your brain is sending to your stomach telling you that you're sick. The technology was originally developed over 20 years ago in hospitals to relieve nausea for patients, but now through relief band, it's available to the masses. Anyone who deals with nausea knows how awful it is. Even if you don't get nauseous often, relief band is worth trying for the anxiety benefits alone. This is not a product that you wanna miss out on. It'll bring you peace of mind and help you not worry about nausea again as the world is opening back up, may we pray. Don't let the fear of nausea keep you on the sidelines. And if you're gonna get ready to take that summer road trip hopping on a boat or you're just anxious about heading back into the office, I've got good news. Right now, Relief Band has an exclusive offer just for my audience if you go to reliefband.com and use promo code Ruben, you'll receive 20% off plus free shipping and a no questions asked 30 day money back guarantee, R-E-L-I-E-F-B-A-N-D.com slash Ruben, or use promo code Ruben for 20% off plus free shipping. And now back to me. Trust me people, getting back on the grid can make you nauseous, okay? Uh, All right, so look, the main thing that I'm going to devote my time and my life and my energies and probably this show to over the next 13 or so days is the recall of Gavin Newsom. He is an evil Disney cartoon villain who has wrecked California with homelessness and high taxes and high regulation and everything is expensive and businesses are closed. And he is the worst sort of elitist lefty. I'm gonna send my kids to private school that'll be open without masks while I close your schools. And my son is gonna go to basketball camp without masks while we keep your kids at home and just all of the ridiculous hypocrisy and the lying that we are all used to, it is all summed up in that overly slicked back head of hair that is Gavin Newsom, okay? He's just terrible, we know that. Well, it's not just that you've got a terrible candidate. We actually have a man who is good, who is decent, who is a lifelong a Californian born in Los Angeles who has been fighting for the right things for a long time. And if you care about identity politics, I don't. He happens to be black and you'd think that the media would be very excited that a black man is now uh, making some serious headway in the race for governor here in California. But no, that's not what the media is doing, not even at the Los Angeles Times. So this was a headline from just in the last couple days at the Los Angeles Times the liberal Los Angeles Times, which is always looking out for the minorities, right? Larry Elder is the black face of white supremacy. You've been warned, okay? This was a piece in the Los Angeles Times. Now, I just wanna be very clear. Larry Elder is not a white supremacist. There is far more evidence that whoever wrote this piece and the person who cleared this piece that they are probably white supremacists than Larry Elder being a white supremacist. Larry Elder wants everyone treated equally. Larry Elder cares about facts. He cares that all people will be treated the same under the law. Uh, He has done research. I mean, this is a guy, he he is a dictionary and an encyclopedia of information, okay? That's what Larry Elder is, not only born in South Central LA, but, but been here as an outsider, not only because of the color of his skin and being a, a conservative, and he's not even a conservative in a traditional sense of conservative. He always calls himself a, a small L libertarian really, which is that he just doesn't want the government involved in, in your life or in his life. It's as simple as that. But this is what the media does when they get somebody that they're scared of. All they can do is lie about them, and it's just its just so twisted, right? Like, I don't have to belabor the point. You, you get it that he's not a white supremacist, obviously, and I assure you, Google it yourself. Spend the rest of the day Googling, or duck-duck going, whatever you do, and you are not gonna find literally any statements of Gavin, of Larry Elder saying anything to the effect that would be construed as white supremacy, okay? So that's, that's just number one. The LA Times is just ridiculous. And by the way, I would also say that this is actually a good sign because when these type of hit pieces start coming out, that means that they know that Larry Elder is a threat. So when I was actually at this dinner about uh, 12 days or so ago with Larry Elder, he was talking about some of the hit pieces and that CNN started talking about his campaign and a few other things. And I said to him, I said, that's the best sign. It doesn't matter if they're all hit pieces. That means they now see you as a threat and they can't ignore you any longer, right? Because they should have been talking about the recall for months and months, right? Like it doesn't matter whether you're for the recall or against the recall. The idea that roughly 1.7 million Californians hand signed a recall is extraordinary. The fact that this thing's happening is an extraordinary uh, moment for America, right? Because if we can fix California, maybe we can actually fix the country. you know, as I always say, I'm a dreamer, but I'm not the only one. So anyway, they're, they're worried that Larry is the real deal and that he is the real deal. And then check out what happened yesterday. So let's pull up the video. So yesterday, before you click play on this, let's just hold that screenshot there for a second, if we could. Uh, so uh, no, let's let's put up the Twitter feed for a second. So Larry tweeted this out. So we're gonna show you the Larry, so that's Larry's tweet. Now this is my Twitter feed, okay? So I did a screen grab, a video screen grab of my Twitter feed. So Larry tweeted out this video about Gavin Newsom. So I clicked it, now let's just click play. It's about a 20 second video here. You're watching what happened on my phone. So on my phone, I suddenly was given a warning about this video about this video about Gavin Newsom. Now we're just gonna keep playing here. So I had to cancel or confirm that this video was inappropriate or offensive. And then once I did that, I was given another warning and then I was able to watch the video. So you'll see just, uh, you know, about three or four Everybody seconds. outside this state there is bitching about this state. You feel? Okay, now that's extremely interesting, okay? a candidate for governor of California tweets out a video about his opponent and two pop-ups are shown on YouTube. Now the first one is the particularly interesting one. Let's pull it up again. What they say right there is the following content has been identified by the YouTube community as inappropriate or offensive to some audiences. Now. I don't know who the YouTube community is. I don't know how they decide what is inappropriate or offensive. But now, here's what's fascinating about this. They give you two options there. You can confirm it or cancel it. So first, I clicked cancel because I don't agree with that. So I clicked cancel, meaning I could just then watch the video. I don't agree that it's a, whatever I was about to watch is gonna be offensive or anything like that. When I clicked cancel, it doesn't let you go to the video anymore. It just takes you to the YouTube homepage. So then I did it again. I clicked confirm. But the word confirm there, am I confirming thus that it is uh, inappropriate or offensive? It sounds like I am, like I'm giving more credence to the idea that this anti-Gavin Newsom ad is somehow offensive or something like that. And then there's this secondary pop-up. now. It doesn't matter what's in that video, and I, you, you, we have the title there, so you can go check out that video yourself. It is irrelevant. It is fairly obvious that YouTube does not want you to see videos that are against Gavin Newsom. By the way, I've had a whole bunch of you before I went off the grid, a whole bunch of you were telling me that often when Gavin Newsom tweets something, if you tweet something anti Gavin Newsom back at him, that your tweets get pushed down in his timeline. I have no doubt that any of this stuff is true, right? We all know this, right? Like this is sort of the nauseating part, uh, which is sort of very obvious to me at the moment, um, related to big tech. It's like, we all know all the crap is happening and it keeps happening and we have to talk about it. And yet at the same time, it just keeps happening. So, so it's sort of a problem there. Anyway, why do I think this is interesting? Because big tech is basically saying, we're running cover for Gavin Newsom, but now I've got something even more interesting than that. So I didn't watch TV or any of that stuff when I was off the grid, but I was watching some old basketball videos on YouTube and a couple anti Larry Elder uh, ads kept popping up and very pro Gavin Newsom ads kept popping up. So we're gonna show you one of the ads. I was able to find one of them. And then we're going to tell you who it was paid for, and then I think you're going to start seeing what what I'm doing here. Take a look. What's at stake in the September 14th recall? It's a matter of life and death. With Delta surging, Gavin Newsom is protecting California, requiring vaccination for health workers and school employees. The top Republican candidate? He peddled deadly conspiracy theories and would eliminate vaccine mandates on day one, threatening school closures and our recovery. Stop the spread. Return your ballot or vote in person by September 14th. Protect California by voting no on the Republican recall. Okay, so let's just be very clear what's going on here. That ad, and I saw at least two others, and I suspect there were others, uh, which was saying that it's a life or death situation whether you vote for Gavin Newsom or not. Uh, Delta is surging. Now, if Delta is surging and it's a life or death situation, why would you want to keep the guy in who it's surging under, right? So maybe it was secretly a Larry Elder ad. But what I thought was more interesting about this is what you get at the end of that ad, where it tells you it's paid for by Reed Hastings and I was looking at it and I was going, that name does ring a bell. It turns out that Reed Hastings is the CEO of Netflix. Well, you're not gonna believe this, guys. Not only is he paying for all of these ads on YouTube, Uh, that are lies, I mean, there's another video where he basically implies that Larry Elder, of course, is a white supremacist, and it's just filled with endless lies, okay, and like, oh, it's life or death. Yes, Larry Elder wants to kill your kids. But then we started doing a little more research, and we've got some info here from Politico. Netflix founder and co-CEO Reed Hastings is spending $3 million to shield Governor Gavin Newsom from a recall vote in a demonstration of the enormous sums Newsom's allies could marshal in his defense, according to a state filing. Under California rules, Newsom can raise unlimited sums to fend off a recall effort that will likely land before voters in the fall, while other gubernatorial candidates are subject to campaign limits of 32,400 per election in their direct accounts. While Hastings' millions represent the largest single donation to date, Newsom has also drawn six-figure outlays from a range of prominent individuals in industries that include agricultural power couple Stewart and Linda Resnick, Fortniner CEO Jed York, law firms, and labor unions. So what is seriously interesting about this is, the CEO of Netflix, not only has he given Gavin three million, he's funding all of these ads that are all lies, and then at the same time, YouTube is censoring videos about Gavin Newsom. Now, I wish we had journalists. I know we don't have journalists. That was the extent of my journalism right there. I just gave you a couple pieces of a puzzle. But do you think it's possible that YouTube's going, oh, we get money, from Netflix CEO Reed Hastings, and I'm guessing that the YouTube people are probably close to the Netflix people. They're like, oh, we're getting all this money from this guy. We like Gavin Newsom, we don't like Scary Larry Elder. So not only are we gonna take ads to put on all of these videos, we're also gonna block certain content by making you click a couple times and imply that things are offensive when they're not and inappropriate when they're not and everything else. Do you think there might be some sort of collusion there? If, you're, if you know of a journalist, could you send them this? Uh, if anyone knows of a journalist, I know that there just aren't any. I'm asking for a uni- unicorn. You know, it's like, are there any unicorns available? Somebody get me a unicorn. Anyway, I thought that was worth uh, mentioning. Uh, but now, guys, I wanna talk to you about Ladder, and then we're gonna get to the Q and A, which I will do as fast as possible because we had a zillion questions in there. But first on Ladder, guys, I wanna talk for a minute about things that have fundamentally changed the way we live. These are the disruptors, things like smartphones, streaming services, whiter than white paint that actually cools down buildings, or dogs named Clyde who like to jump on you each time you come home. Another disruptor I heard of recently is a company called Ladder, who basically took the life insurance industry, flipped it upside down, and shook out the inefficiencies which sounds a lot like Clyde, actually. Uh, Before Ladder, if you wanted to get life insurance, you had to drive across town, sit through a sales pitch, fill out a ton of paperwork, and then wait six to eight weeks to find out if you've been approved. You'd also receive a zillion phone calls from agents trying to bundle your life insurance with things like car insurance. Now with Ladder, you can get fast, affordable, term life insurance without leaving home. It's 100% digital. When you apply for $3 million or less in coverage, no doctors, no needles, no paperwork. So if you're between the ages of 20 to 60, need coverage and want to team up with a company that's redeeming life insurance, choose Ladder. The process is super quick and easy. Go to ladderlife.com today, uh, ladderlife.com slash Rubin today to see if you're instantly approved. That's L-A-D-D-E-R life.com slash Rubin, ladderlife.com slash Rubin. And now back to me. Okay guys, so anyway, electelder.com and vote. Yes, on the recall, September 14th, 2021. This is our chance. It's the last chance. It really is. Okay, uh, let's, move, you know, let's skip that first question. I want to address that a little bit later in the week, probably, or probably next week. Um, let's go to Ben here. Uh, first, welcome back to hell. <laughs> Second, what was more surprising upon uh, jumping back into the matrix? The fact that Andrew Cuomo actually resigned or that Joe Biden's withdrawal from Afghanistan is so shockingly bad that almost no one in the corporate media was willing to cover for him at first? Okay, so let me just quickly address the Cuomo thing. I am genuinely shocked. Like, my if you watched the video yesterday, That was genuine shock on my face. My feeling was that the ship had sort of sailed, like they had decided that the, you know, putting all of the old people, the elderly people back in the old age homes, and then all of those people dying of COVID, they had sort of just let that go. The Fed said they weren't gonna investigate any of it. And then this sort of like, oh, another girl said another thing about him, and he patted someone on the butt, and he touched someone on the back of the head, and he kissed someone on the forehead, and all of these things. It it just felt like it was adding up to nothing. And also, it was the summer, so like things start getting lost in the summer, people stop paying attention. So I'm shocked that somehow this didn't seem like a serious smoking gun, like there was evidence that he really raped somebody or anything else like that. I'll also repeat what I said yesterday to Corolla, which is, you know, I don't revel in the destruction of people. Um, If if he did anything bad, and it sounds like he did, then he has to deal with the consequences of it. Uh, But the idea that we're just gonna destroy all of our public figures one at a time, and it's not just our public figures, that all of our histories will be unearthed, and that the mob and cancel culture will just come for everybody, that is not great. That being said, I don't think Andrew Cuomo is a particularly good person. I think he thought he was sort of king of New York as opposed to an elected official. And you know, this is what the left has wrought on America. You're gonna run around Calling all of us racists, and we're sexists and we're bigots, and we hate gay people, and all of this nonsense. And eventually, it is going to turn on you guys. So they're just turning their guns on one of their own. Uh, for those of the those that are really excited about him being gone, you know, it's like, all right, well, we'll see what this lieutenant governor does. And it, you know, does New York probably just go further left? Yeah, because the left has a way of just dragging everybody into the Sarlacc pit. So we'll see about that. As for the Afghanistan stuff. Um, We're trying to get Glenn Beck on the show for tomorrow to give me sort of a full recap. He has done some incredible work uh, lifting people out of Afghanistan. How much money roughly did he raise? he raised millions of dollars we're gonna to try to get some info on this real quick uh, just in the last like two weeks basically since this whole thing happened uh, to get people out of Afghanistan he's been doing some incredible coverage I watched a bunch of his videos yesterday because I'm really trying to catch up on this on the fly and I have to say it's it's really sort of incredible to catch up on a story that has so many moving parts in just a day because it's I have to piece together like how the media narrative was shifting the entire time as I'm putting it together Glenn Beck raised 20 million dollars in three three days to help people get out of Afghanistan. Uh, it was mostly persecuted Christians, $20 million in Afghanistan. I, I'm so thrilled and honored to call Glenn a friend and, and you know be in business with him with our, our deal with the blaze. And he is just such a good human being. Uh, so hopefully we can get him tomorrow. We'll, we'll unpack a little bit more about Afghanistan. But I have to say, although I'm surprised at the level of the disaster and those videos and the people falling off the plane, and now they have all these weapons and and helicopters and all of this stuff and that we abandoned the the translators. Like it's so horrible on every possible level and our troops that were killed. um, In a certain way, I'm not surprised because in a certain way, it's like, what did you guys expect? The president of the United States obviously has dementia and that's not even part of this really. This administration is terrible. It is horrible. Every bad thing that can happen will happen because the media will cover for them. And in some weird ways, this almost feels, and, and maybe this is me just being off the grid, so I'm seeing it all at once, but it's like, it's all so ridiculously horrible. First off, tr- they have been trying to impeach Trump over this for, in, without question, right? Um, but it's so horrible the way we left and it's so embarrassing to the United States that it almost feels like it's intentional. Like, I don't think these guys really like the United States. I don't know that Joe Biden knows what he likes, but whoever's pulling his strings, and and then, you know, my feelings about most of the progressives at this point, like, they're kind of happy that whether we're in there or out of there, that it's just, this is just looks awful for the United States. There are very few people looking at the United States right now between our president, this withdrawal, and the disaster, uh, and going, boy, the United States, that's that's a place that has its shit together, right? Like, this is not good for the United States at all. And all that being said, you can find plenty of videos of me over the past 10 years saying that we shouldn't even be in Afghanistan, and it was our longest war over 20 years at war. We didn't even know why we were there, but you know, if you break it, do you have to fix it? And, and how do you pull out of these things? And maybe it's always gonna be messy, but this is an unmitigated, like extraordinary disaster. So, hope, so obviously we'll be covering more of it uh, over the next couple of weeks, but hopefully we can get Glenn tomorrow to discuss that. Uh, Kelly says, how do we stop the Democrats from placing all of these refugees into states that Democrats have been trying to win for a long time and haven't yet? Are the states able to sue the federal government to stop this? So this is really interesting. Uh, Tucker Carlson's been talking a lot about this. Um, well, he's been talking about it for for months, but he even mentioned on his show last night, I was actually on Tucker uh, last night in case you guys uh, didn't see it. We put a clip up on the, uh, on the Twitter machine, not that I wanna send anyone over to Twitter, uh, but I was on Tucker last night. Uh, but this idea that we're taking in all of these people, mostly from Mexico, but you know, they get to Mexico from all these other countries. It's unclear if they're migrants or if they're really under threat or whatever, and it seems like it's an awful lot of able-bodied men in their 20s and not a lot of you know older women or young children, but all of these people are now seemingly being sent all over to these different states. And your question there basically is, what can the states do if they don't want these people? Now, I have some degree of sympathy, as we all do, for anyone that's truly fleeing tyranny, most of us in the United States, our ancestors, whoever came here before us, came from something pretty terrible, right? We all, we all know that story. We all know what's on the Statue of Liberty, right? The huddled masses, the tired and the poor. Um, but because I think this administration is so deeply corrupt and because they have said you don't have to have IDs to vote, well then just funneling in more people and then having the government give them things so they're ever dependent on the government so they'll always vote for those people while at the same time they'll tell you the other people think you're racist and they're evil and this whole system is evil. um, You could see what a toxic, really dangerous situation they're putting us in. I don't know exactly, it's a great question. What can the states do? Um, I would imagine that most of of the red states, particularly Abbott in Texas, has got to be looking into, because he's a border state, obviously not the only one, but it seems like a lot of people are coming through Texas, what can we do to make sure they're not settling people here? But once they send people to all these other places, well, then what happens if eventually they just start flipping people? Like, is that, is that a grand conspiracy theory to think that if you let a whole bunch of people in, you give them a whole bunch of stuff, that they're going to vote for you? Like, is that a grand conspiracy theory? Does that have anything to do with being a white supremacist? Every time they talk, uh, Tucker talks about this, they imply that he's a white supremacist for talking about why you can't just have your country flooded with refugees or immigrants, and by the way, Every European country knows this, which is why Angela Merkel in Germany, after they let in a million or so people, said it was a mistake. And why most of the Eastern European countries, like Poland, have basically closed their borders. Because it's up to you. And I would say this for every single country on Earth, not just for the United States. We have to figure out not only what our borders are, we, we fortunately know what they are, but how to protect them and who can come into our country. And, and also, if we're so evil, and we're so patriarchal, and we're so racist, and there's so many white supremacists, and we're all so mean. Why come, go to Sweden? Isn't that what they always tell us? Sweden's the best place on earth. Clyde says, uh, what was your favorite part about being off the grid? So, you know, I didn't even really talk about it that much, sort of the, the, the true off the grid part. Yeah, we ate good food, and we listened to a lot of music, and we took walks, and we just, I just really had an incredible month, like, just from the eating right and the working out. And we didn't really see people. David was really the only one that I talked to. We talked to Clyde a little bit. And this question's from someone named Clyde, how about that? Um, but my favorite part probably, I'll give you a little insider info, didn't wear underwear for most of the month. A lot of free balling. Yeah, it's the summer here in LA. Uh, David got me uh, these Lululemon shorts, couple pairs of Lululemon. There's, uh, there's no, nothing in there. It's not quite a bathing suit, but it's not quite a short. And uh, I was free for most of the month, and I and I got to tell you, I felt free. I felt like myself. Not only that, but I didn't really do my hair all month. Uh, I got a couple headbands. I usually wear a hat, but about halfway through, David's like, "Why are you always wearing a hat? It's hot out. Why do you have this big hat on?" So I started headbanding it, and uh, so I was wandering around, usually in like you know cut off shirt and free balling light shorts and a headband. And I just, you know, wasn't, you know, although I, this is another n- nice new jacket, I told you I got a couple new shirts and new jackets, but it was just nice to like, just kind of be, it really was just, and really, of course, the thing about the phone, like never thinking about the phone, or, or also like, I'll tell you this, the first like two weeks of going off, and I told you yesterday, we went right to this rainforest thing in, in Mexico, and it was awesome. Like my dreams were amazing, truly. Because if you're not thinking about politics or the news or just whatever stresses you have in life as you go to bed and just kind of letting it be, um, I don't know, your mind has a way of reorganizing itself. And and it was just, it was just perfect. Actually, in this rainforest we stayed at, um, you know, it's rainy season in Mexico right now, at least in Western Mexico. And there were incredible thunder and lightning storms every night. So basically every night, we would just be looking out a window over the ocean with just, awesome lightning storms. Like there were nights where I was like, that's God. Like you see this lightning with the clouds and like it was just everything about it was, was just great. And I guess that it gives me enough energy to come back here and hopefully uh, feel clear and clean enough to, to be worthy of you viewing what we do here. Uh, Philip says, when Larry Elder wins the recall election, I like the way you think, Phil. Are you going to petition him to make the Reuben, including the corrected spelling, the official state sandwich? I love it. Yes, the Reuben will be the official state sandwich of California. That'll really stick it to Newsom. Uh, that would be fantastic. I will talk to Larry Elder about that. Rhiannon says, have you heard the exact timeline of how we left Afghanistan? If so, what are your thoughts? So I'll address this a little bit more tomorrow if, if we can get Glenn on, and if not for tomorrow, Uh, We'll do plenty on this next week. But I have been trying to piece together the whole timeline. You know, Adam, obviously, yesterday, Adam Carolla, was trying to give me a lot of information at once. So I've watched a couple videos on it. I watched some Ben Shapiro videos. I watched some Glenn videos. As I said, actually, if you have some videos that you think are really great, sort of fair, honest, clean, clear recaps of what happened in Afghanistan, I would love to see them uh, because I'm trying to catch up on the fly. My guys have been sending me stuff as well. Uh, the best way to get it to me is rubenreport.locals.com. Just post it in the feed and I'll, I'll take a look. Uh, Kathy says, how are you younger looking now than your first rather life-changing interview with Larry Elder? Sincere question not to put on. Well, first off, at the moment, I mean, I, I really, as I said, I took care of myself, really. And I, I do a generally good job with that as is. And, and David's a great chef, so we eat right. And I try to exercise and all that stuff. Um, but, you know, part of the, answer is that when I did that original interview with Larry Elder, can we get the date on that? I think it was, my um, guess it was about March of 2016, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so it's, it's about five years ago, I think a little more than five years ago, that original interview with Larry. Uh, that's when I was in the midst of dealing with that alopecia areata that I had developed, which I've told you about, and I wrote about in the book, where I had lost probably about 40% of my hair. It was, it's stress-related. Your white blood cells basically attack your hair follicles. I was on this really awful experimental medication. If you watch that video, I'm kind of bloated in the face. I have big bags under my eyes. That first Prager U video that I did, "Why I Left the Left," you can see it in my face there. It was January 2016, um, so over over five years ago. Um, and you know, because of that, the medication was awful. The you know, obviously losing my hair. It was all terrible. I really started doing things better. I started you know eating better, less sugar, less carbs, things like that. Um, and I think I just have a better handle on my life. You know, that again is partly why I do the the off the grid thing. As I sit here at this moment, you know, I'm in, I'm in a pretty good groove at the moment. I feel physically good. I feel mentally good. I feel spiritually good. And I think those things kind of, Shine. We we all go through that, right? Like when you're when you're kind of living the life that you're supposed to be living, doing what you're supposed to be doing. Like you can sort of see it. Jordan Peterson actually talks about this quite a bit. That when you see somebody that's living the life they're supposed to be doing and and supposed to be living, like you can actually kind of see it in their face. So I appreciate the compliment, and uh, and I hope if I start looking all bloated and depressed, the big bags under my eyes and everything else, that uh, you'll call me out on it because it means that probably something, something else ain't right. Uh, Kevin says, is there any hope of the American people being able to hold our own government accountable for their actions? Will, will there be any legal consequences to the Afghanistan withdrawal, COVID being released to the world, or the flat-out lies to our own government uh, that our own government feeds us daily. You know, what's interesting about that question on the COVID front. I actually don't know the answer to this, but has there been any other talk about the lab leak or anything else in the last month? Like, have we have we officially decided it's a lab leak or not? I guess I should probably know that. Um, I assume that most people are saying, okay, so Michael's telling me right now, the the Republicans are saying, yes, Dems are saying, let's wait and find out or who knows something to that effect. Okay. and And that's even part of the problem right there. It's like, Let's, let's just say that there's evidence that it was a lab leak, like true, like like locked evidence. It's like only half the people are gonna believe it anyway. And let's say there was evidence that it wasn't a lab leak. Lab leak. Only half the people are gonna believe it. So that gets us to that reality war uh, that I'm always talking about. As for holding anybody accountable or the lies, it's like, I don't know, trust me, I, I thought a lot about this over the month of like how I can do this show and still feel like I'm accomplishing something Um, when so much of what I do is just, oh, this person who is supposed to be trusted as a journalist or as a politician is just lying. Like so much of what we do here uh, is just correcting lies, but I don't think that is enough. And I spent a lot of time thinking about how we're gonna do this show going forward. And I actually do have some ideas, and I think you'll see some shifts in the way we cover some of these stories, because I don't want to spend every day reacting right? This is why I like to build things. It's like what I've done with locals. I didn't want to just talk about, oh, big tech sucks. I wanted to actually build something to fight it. And I want to help build a structure so that we'll know that they're liars. And and that's what I meant when I said yesterday that, you know, maybe what this all will lead to in America, the, the endless lying, the big tech manipulation, all this stuff is that we will sort of have a cold civil war. I don't want anyone fighting anybody. I don't want, you know what I mean? Or any, and I don't want the country to break up or any of those things. But in a way we are in a cold civil war, whether we like it or not. Like, If we have a set of people that will lie to a, a endlessly attain more and more power versus a set of people that want to be left alone, like, what is that? There's not a lot of negotiation there. There's not a lot of room to come together. So what I want to do is, is further your ability to to live on your own terms with people that you wanna live around. And and actually, that's very much what my next book is about. Uh, Okay, let's see. Perry says, why don't we ever see what actual hospitalizations of actual COVID patients and open bed counts for hospitals? That seems to be a more important stat than just the number of cases out in the wild. We will be living with COVID forever, so we are going to need to learn to coexist with it. I wonder what motivation hospitals have for reporting accurately. You know, uh, Corolla actually addressed this a little bit yesterday, talking about Dr. Drew, how he's referenced some of this stuff, that when you get numbers out of hospitals, you really have to dive deeper into the numbers relative to obesity and age and how many people are dying. And what I would still bring this back to, what I would still bring this back to is how is it, as far as I know, but correct me if I'm wrong, that in all of the world, there were no hospitals that absolutely collapsed, right? I'm not even talking in the Western world. Was there anywhere in an undeveloped country that hospitals absolutely collapsed, that we found out that places, that little villages somewhere in Africa where people couldn't socially distance or didn't know what to do or didn't have access to masks or clean water or something, that villages didn't collapse, that no country really fell apart. Like, I think we're allowed to ask these questions and that is not to deny that COVID is real. Um, By the way, I have, I mentioned, uh, I think I mentioned this yesterday with Adam. I got a little update on it actually this morning. I have a friend who's in the healthcare field here in Los Angeles, who I completely trust, who a few weeks, or I guess it was right before we went off the grid had told me that he knew nine people in LA who currently had COVID Uh, And they were all vaccinated, and he didn't know any people that weren't vaccinated that had COVID. Uh, He just contacted me yesterday. Um, He he told me that since then, in the months since then, 30 people, 30 people that were vaccinated, he knows that have had COVID since then, and, and one person who was unvaccinated. Okay, I'm just telling you something that I'm hearing. Are we allowed to still talk about that sort of thing? Um, So, yes, we need to figure out a way to dive into these numbers. But again, I would say at this point, all of the things related to COVID have more to do with governmental power and, and some way that we are being manipulated, that we don't fully understand who is doing exactly, who is doing it exactly, or why they are doing it. I am much more concerned about that than the disease of COVID. And just one other quick thing on this, which is that I guess yesterday morning, or was it this morning actually that Rogan and COVID, was that this morning or yesterday? It was yesterday. Uh, Joe Rogan has announced that he has COVID and he's taking some experimental stuff. It's unclear, I don't think he was vaccinated. He had said on a show that you know he didn't feel that young people should be vaccinated. But there was a certain glee in mainstream media of ha ha, anti-vax, Joe Rogan got COVID. And it's like, oh, are you rooting for people to die? By the way, I'm gonna guess that Joe Rogan's not gonna die of COVID and that he's gonna probably be just fine. But again, you have to do what you think is right for yourself. But when I talk about sort of this, this, um, this soft cold war or us just kind of going in different directions as a country, I see no way around it. There's going to be some people that are always going to, be want to want to be masked forever, that are going to want things to be closed down forever, that are always going to want to point to other people and say, you're the diseased ones and you're doing this to all of us and we need more rules because of you. And then there's going to be this other set of people that are going to say, we just want to try to continue life the way we want to live it. I'm into those people. And that's, that's again, where I want to spend my energy. Uh, Jenna says, I'm so curious about your off the grid. And Clyde, who watches him? And did he freak out in excitement when you guys got back? So for the first half of it, I had uh, my buddy John... And his girlfriend, Christina, who I hope are watching right now, you better be. I flew them in from Jersey and they stayed here for about two weeks and they took great care of the house. Thanks for not killing the plants, guys. And uh, they took care of Clyde and Clyde looks like a million bucks. When we got back, he, he was like a little, little leaner, a little more muscular. So I think John was running him around. Uh, and then David's sister came for the second two weeks. Uh, yes, he was super psyched. To see us, and uh, you know, he's now he's almost two and a half years old now. It's it's kind of crazy. We got him at the beginning of lockdown, which was a year and a half ago. We got him during two weeks to flatten the curve. Remember that? That remember that thing? That's when we got Clyde. He was but a mere pup. But he's he's sort of shifted now into that two, two and a half year age where they start calming down a little bit, but he's still a boxer. And when I open the door, he always jumps up. And boxers, you know, they're called boxers because they kind of punch when they're jumping, and he has punched me in the nuts more times than I'd like to admit, which, by the way, if you're not wearing underwear, it doesn't have anything to soften the blow. He also punched Bob Saget once in the nuts when Bob came over and knocked Bob to the floor. Little, uh, little inside info for you. Uh, all right, what else we got here? That's it? Give me, give me one more. One more for the good people. Give me one more. Let's see. How about the one before that? There we go. Here we go. April says, what are you looking forward to most for the new Ruben Report season? You know, I think I've been sort of addressing it throughout this, which is that A, this this idea that I'm going to do my best to keep you sane because you keep me sane. And it is only the sane people who are going to fix everything that's wrong. So like I'm looking forward to figuring out some new ways that we can do that because I don't wanna, as I said, dedicate every show to AOC lied about this again and this idiot on MSNBC said that and everything else. What I really wanna do is I wanna figure out uh, a better way, a bigger way, I should say, to use this platform, whether it's my show, my social media accounts, everything that we're building at Locals, to empower you guys in a better way so that if you have a business, I wanna be able to help your businesses. I wanna be able to if you're struggling with something, we've had a couple of instances of this where someone in the Rubin Report community was struggling with something and we were able to raise funds for people or, but it's not just about money or business. Like I wanna just find the sane people and I want to strengthen them and I want to help find ways that we can be re- less reliant on the government and these big systems that are just simply not working. Uh, like if you're just sitting around right now thinking, that oh, this thing is working, the old world is gonna come back and Joe Biden cares about you and the CDC cares about you and they've got your best interests out, the, out for you and all that stuff. It's like, you're missing, you're missing the bigger picture. Now, I don't know that we can fix the whole system. Like something something seems really wrong, right? Like I think we, we all know that. Like if you're watching this at this point, you know something ain't right. Well, I don't know that we can fix the whole system, but I think there are things we can do for ourselves whether it's growing some food, knowing how to cook, encouraging each other to be in better shape, like whatever it might be, if we can figure out those community things that used to be local, like in your village, on your street things, I think if we can return to that more, that's how we'll fix this thing from the from the bottom up. It ain't coming from the top down. That's really where I'm gonna focus my energies. And I, I am excited to be back. I gotta tell you, it was, the last 24 hours have been a little weird because I really had such a great month. As I said, I, I, had, I don't know that anyone in this country had a better month than I did. It was, it was just perfect. There were so many nights that uh, you know, we put our heads on the pillow and I would turn to David and say, I, we just had a great day. Today was a great day. Well, I'm back doing what I love. This is what I love. It ain't just relaxing and enjoying myself, but this is what I love. And I hope that it brings you some value. And if it, if it doesn't, there's probably some other YouTube. I assume there's other shows on YouTube. There, there are a couple other shows on YouTube, but you can watch those. Uh, all right, guys, reminder, you can watch my entire Return to the Grid with guest host Adam Carolla. It's up on uh, YouTube right now, and of course, it's also on rubinreport.locals.com, and and we've got a ton of stuff going on with Locals. You know, I I teased out some stuff. We, we've partnered with Rumble on a couple things. There's a lot happening there, uh, and if you want to interact with me, I just I just can't interact on other social media with people anymore. Like, it just especially after coming back off the grid. Like to dive, I open up Twitter and it's just like all these crazy people fighting with each other and anime avatars fighting with uh, you know, professors over string theory. It's all bananas. But if you wanna communicate directly with me, you wanna share some music and uh, some exercise routines or just whatever you love doing, RubenReport.locals.com. All right, we're back tomorrow, hopefully with Glenn Beck and we'll do a a special on what's going on in Afghanistan. Uh, It sounds like Glenn might be traveling though. So if that doesn't happen, we'll figure out something else. And yeah, we'll cover more of that next week. I thank you for watching. It's good to be back, everybody. And we'll see you tomorrow.